Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman with no Jesus fucking with no podcast. Jesus <laughs> with no script. <laughs> wow, I don't even want to edit that out because that's on that's par for the course, right it's there. On brand, DC, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Okay, I'm Bat Force Tom. Always fucking shit up. Obviously, we got Dunk. What up? How you doing, Dunk? Look at look at that. Look at look at your business behind you. Look at all that. Yeah, you know, just selling books and shit. Just selling oh, books. And, and, and just keeping all the Murphy prints. There you go. Uh, we got Robin in Canada. Yo. Robin, what's the... Have you guys been getting stormed like crazy over there? Uh, the general area, yes. We've we've sidestepped a lot of it. I can't really complain. We've uh, we got snow a couple times, but n- nothing like a lot of other places. Yeah, man, we we got snow here, which never happens. <laughs> yeah, which is insane in Southern California. So yeah, um, dumped with snow. It's amazing. It's like yeah, I, it's like, I saw like, videos of like people panicking in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild, man. Um, no we are doing something. This is the first time that we've ever, I think, premiered anything. We've done like uh, fan, like we've done like fan videos. We've done. Uh, obviously, we've talked to like cosplayers. We've talked to people who have um, like created things for films or um, have done something like cosplay. But this is the first time I think we're like premiering a music video for a project that is influenced by something. Um, so this is kind of wild. So we are going to be premiering a video for the band Skin Stripper. Um, the song is called "Do You Bleed," and uh, we're just going to roll it right now. So if you guys are listening, you'll hear it. But if you want to watch the video, head over to the YouTube. Uh, we'll probably upload the video by itself, and then we'll upload this, which is going to be kind of our reaction and interview with the creator, and we'll just go from there. So here it goes. Yeah, that was funny. And you could talk about people who died in my arms. Because when I held Harley Quinn, and she was bleeding and dying, she begged me with her last breath. And when I killed you, and make the mistake, I will fucking kill you. And I do it slow. I'm gonna honor that promise. Depression, depression, depression. 
here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson. Dying in the gutter for no reason at all. They taught me the world only makes sense if you force it to. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> so, Skin Stripper, obviously, we're going to have uh, JJ on to talk about it in a little bit, but it is a brutal death metal, brutal slam metal band inspired by the Snyderverse, by Zaddy himself. Obviously, uh, you guys know I'm jumping for joy about that, but um, like, what do you guys think? That video, it's a lyric video, so if you guys are listening, check out the lyric video so you know exactly what he's saying because the yeah, vocals it's gonna are super brutal. It's going to help you if you don't listen to a lot of death. Yeah, it helped me in so many ways. Too many gurgs in there, but what'd you think, Dunk? Yo, um, what a way to start. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) With that first line? Legit started with Frank Miller's version is a little pussy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Not my attention. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get it, I guess. But yeah, he went in. Um, I don't know. I might have to like download this and use it as a gym uh, soundtrack or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the th- first thing I thought when I saw that lyric, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, <laughs> how do you piss off everybody first? Yeah, how do you yeah. get everyone's attention? Yeah, like, like where is and this going to go? It, it's definitely inflammatory, and I feel like that is mm, intentional. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we'll we'll find out. Yeah. What's... What's the what's funny is like for, for those who are not familiar with like brutal slam metal, uh, brutal death metal, um, it could be argued where it started, but like a lot of people say right around like you know when suffocation was in the scene, it's New York New York death metal I think is like I, I would I would argue New York kind of started the you know the the brutal slam scene, and you could say it's internal bleeding, you could say it's suffocation. But uh, what is that? Long Island, I think, New York. And so, like, Long Island, New York is, like, super well-known for, like, brutal death metals, like, slam metal. There's a couple bands in other areas. Texas has a nice scene right now. Southern California has a good scene. But the thing about it is it started out as just, like, okay, what is the craziest, what is the most over-the-top craziest lyrics, visuals, like, to the point where some of this shit now is, like, so gory and offensive. Like, you can't, like, you can't sell this in a record store. So... It's it's totally what this it's like the the it's like the the Snyder cut version of that you know like what is the most inflammatory disgusting over the top ridiculous things you can do and say about I guess Batman you know but Robin what'd you think as you were watching it uh, yeah like I said definitely inflammatory uh, obviously comes from someone who knows both the movies and uh, has uh, a working knowledge of the comics too and uh, a knowledge of the divide between the the crowds that are pro and anti 
uh, my reverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he threw everything in there. The Walter Hamada fucked everything up at the end. Uh, uh, what else was there about that? Like, uh, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, he's gonna come on in a minute to to answer some questions. But the the footage of Snyder lifting. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that anywhere, and it's like obviously, what, what the fuck is that from? I thought I saw all that shit. So, um, I thought that was gains. your porn. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Um, something that I was also like, I kind of asked him about the the. It's really like really well done. Like as far as editing oh, sure. the clips of the films, and then how it also um, coincides with the um, the lyrics. Like I was talking to him a while back when he was trying to get the a, the lyric video made. And he'll answer this, but um, he was like, who do you think I can get to do that? And I was like, what? Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And so I, I don't know if he did that. I don't know if he was able to do it or if he enlisted somebody else. Um, I know it's a two-man project. Actually, I think it's more than a two-man project. It's like three, three dudes. Two of them perform. So it's like him on vocals. It's, it's the guitarist. And um, they've already kind of gone on tour. Like, they did this, like, West Coast tour where they did a couple of, well, ask him, but... He played at um, he played at a Scientology center. No, like there was, I think there was like an open mic at a Scientology center, just like, just just like a, a very general open mic. And then imagine this band coming on, right? So woke, woke everyone right up. He okay, did. So, uh, so wait, you're you're saying that it's two or three members, and one of them is not Zach. <laughs> he he might be pulling the strings like behind the scenes for sure, but um. But yeah, it's funny. It's like uh, the, he, he the shows that he did. There was like he posted. So if you go, I think Skin Strippers got their own Instagram. So if you go to Skin Strippers Instagram, you'll see there's a scene where he played. I don't know if it was a bar or a restaurant, but there's a, a video of them performing, and it's like 6 p.m. at like a bar and grill, and like these families are like eating, and there's like a bar area, and so like servers are coming around with like food, and these people are like at the bar, and they have their backs to them, and so they're at the bar, and these guys are performing, and it's like, and everyone's just like eating their food, but they're going like 110 percent into the performance. Committing. So it's like, <laughs> and that's going... that's hard too. That that is hard to commit to any performance when there are people there that do not give a fuck about what you're doing. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, they. Uh, what's What's interesting is that they he posted another video on Skin Strippers uh, page, where it's uh, the crowd is super young and it looks like it's an actual music venue, and they fucking they're loving it. Like they're loving like the riffs, they're loving the performance, they're loving the music, and they're all like headbanging and moshing and shit. And I was like, where the fuck is this? He's like, it was at a hip hop. It was at a hip hop open mic. It was like a, it was like a hip hop, like there was like people, there was like rappers and stuff that were doing like open mics and stuff. And then he's like, and then we came out. I was like, <laughs> so they, they like definitely dug him there. But, um, that's how you, but yeah. that's how you, uh, get more audience. I, I had almost like forgotten about how many sick visuals, um, BVS had. And also like the Snyder cut at the end with, you know, that whole scene, he does the whole intro of the Joker Batman scene with Leto as kind of the intro. And then, um, oh yeah it's like sometimes I get sad when I think about what could have been with like that nightmare sequence and what could have happened to another, uh, second, like full on nightmare film, you know, I'm still holding on to hope my friend, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it's gone in such a different direction now. Well, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about that? Like, cause I, 
I keep saying like, oh, it's too late. There's no way. But I feel like that's just been what everyone's been saying. And and then you got the Snyder cut, you know? Yeah, we we, we all thought it was it was too late, and that was never going to happen. And then it did. Yeah. yeah. There's like there's a lot going on now. Like, um, I think, um, there was like a there was like a leak of like a gal Funko, and it was like a Funko of a scene that doesn't exist yet. But they're saying that there's she's probably going to get another movie because of that. And I don't know. We got Ben Affleck coming out in two months, right? Yeah, the, it's, that's wild. So it's I, like there's still a little bit of hope and speaking about different universes and all this stuff that, you know, we're not going to just like have like one Batman or all this, like there's going to be different universes of all this stuff going on at the same time. You never know, man. Yeah. You never know. That's why it should. So I just, I just hit up JJ. So he should be hopping on pretty soon um, to answer a bunch of our questions and just to hang out and chat. Um, but yeah, think about what you guys want to ask him. Um, like I said, you know, he's already, he already did like a little West coast, little tour where they drove out here and they, well, I don't know, they probably flew out here and did a couple of dates out in the area. I was unfortunately not able to kind of go and see them. But um, when they posted those videos of like their shows, I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So the thing too is, um, we'll, we'll talk to him about it. He was actually in another band called Seven Horn Seven Eyes and then in another band after that called Ovid's Weathering. Um, here he is, actually. Let's bring the man on himself to tell us himself. Okay. What's up, dude? All right. Does this sound decent? Oh, yeah. This good. sounds listenable. Nice and clear. Audible. Very good. Very good. Excellent. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'm good to go. How you doing, man? So we just watched the video. Uh, we did a little reaction to it. We chatted about it a little bit. And uh, I was just telling the guys, I, I remember, uh, dude, I, I posted about it because it it's been 10 plus years. I remember going to the Roxy in Hollywood because the band Seven Horn Seven Eyes was going to be playing, and I think uh, you guys were from Washington at the time, and it was like one of the first like Southern California dates you were planning on playing. Um, I knew of you guys because of a blog that had put out a song or something from that first album, or the second album, technically, it was the second album that you were on, and I remember listening to it, and I was like, fuck, these guys are heavy as fuck, and like... I love how, how like, they're heavy as fuck, and it's, like, it's groove as fuck. I'm like, and then I saw that you guys were playing live, so I went to go check you guys out at the Roxy. Um, and then after that, I saw that you were in Ovid's Weathering, so I kind of followed you since then. And then I don't remember, like, how I, like, how I found you again, but then as soon as this project came up, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this was uh, a project that was defunct, you know, it was very much... Uh, just um, uh, uh, a, a project where I was doing it because I was desperate to do something that had no stakes and wasn't this super high cerebral kind of technical progressive crap that I was doing with all these other projects and I wanted to just make slam that i could play live easy but also like i didn't want it to be like i didn't want to be compromised because normally when you're in these situations you uh have to compromise on you know or usually have to just deal with 
people who want to play really rudimentary breakdown stuff. Like, they either don't want to go too far one direction or the other. And with this, it was just like, I want to be able to just do something that is exactly as obnoxious as it needs to be. I know, (laughs) like, we're not going to be thinking about, like, perfect dynamics, like, being very... uh, mature in how we handle the production or whatever and the mixing and whatever, you know, because everyone's very nitpicky about, like, how stuff gets mastered and brick walling and all that. And I want to just be like, fucking no, this is just going to be the spirit of just, like, like uh, ridiculous action movie sensibilities, you know, because so much death metal pulls from nothing but horror and comedy sometimes, but usually it's just horror, and that's fine. But um, I doesn't really capture that spirit of just like the that just like macho idiot energy that you know. Uh, I just feel like it's a niche that isn't really being scratched right now, um, the way I want it, you know. And this is this is my attempt at making that, you know, at scratching that itch. And yeah, that's you know, sort of the idea is like it's it's. Very sincere, uh, but it's also, you know, there's no stakes with this. I'm not trying to say anything except exactly what's there. Like, I just think a lot of movies are really fucking cool and not enough people are talking about them. And they haven't been since they came out in like 2003. (laughs) (laughs) So so for people who don't know, you're the vocalist. Who else is in the band? Uh, it's me and uh, my friend John. He goes by JK47. That's he came up with that nickname, and I'm really proud of him for that. That's <laughs> he's actually he has a track record of being more clever than I was on the front end of all this. So you know, I always got to give him credit. But uh, yeah, um, he writes a lot. Uh, he writes pretty much all of the instrumental stuff. Like I pitch directions and you know that kind of thing and structural stuff and but for the most part he's coming up with the real content and meat of the instrumentals and um uh besides that when we play live so far i've been playing with a good friend che hauer and uh has my live guitarist back when we did that little west coast run um and you know uh that's that's about it like it's i'm trying to just keep it as uh functional practical as possible a revolving door kind of lineup of whoever and whatever version of this i can make work for whatever given scenario like we played a lot of open mic nights which meant we were playing with not metal we were playing with like acoustic and hip-hop and singer-songwriter stuff so like you know, we uh, try to be adaptable to that kind of stuff, too. Or it's like, yeah, we're not pretending we're not this thing that we obviously are. But also, you know, when you show up with just an iPad, it's a little less intimidating than, like, giant drum kit and all that crap and full stacks. And, yeah, you know. I was I was, uh, <laughs> I was telling these guys that uh, go check out the uh, Instagram. Uh, it's... Uh, 
Skin Stripper on Instagram, and uh, there's videos of you guys performing, and some mm-hmm. of the videos are fucking amazing because <laughs> my favorite one real time. Was... I'm used to that kind of shit, but if I was like just getting into it, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it no, was but like, yeah, I get it. I get it. it like <laughs> the 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 one of uh, was it like the Korean? Is it like the K barbecue place? I think it's like the K barbecue place, or it was like a restaurant or a bar, and there's literally. A bar, and you guys are playing at one, like in front of one of the tables, and there's a bar to the right of you, and you guys are going 110 fucking yeah. percent. This like fucking windmilling and like 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 head slamming and like you know, uh, and like <laughs> there's like a girl like walks by trying to serve yeah. somebody like a family behind yeah, you. And I isn't even bothered by that because like I've been in that scenario so many times. To me, it's just like yeah, like I just want to look good. For the footage and i just want to have fun doing it yeah like, to me i've already accomplished what i wanted by making the music what i wanted it to be in my head in my imagination you know so to me it already doesn't suck it passes my own bar and yeah. then we rehearse it to where we actually play it correctly so that's the other bar <laughs> so yeah well, like, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that's that's good for me. So all the other like audience response to me, I was so used to just getting not not shit with all these other bands that I've played with that like it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. <laughs> mm. But something that you mentioned, like the the response that sounded like it was or looked at least like it was the best, was it was an open mic hip hop night, and there was like <sighs> really really young kids, and they were all like. It looked like it was the first time they'd ever seen anything like this. It like, wasn't just young kids. There, it was a very diverse crowd, which is like what I'm, like that's what I am used to with doing uh, just weirdo progressive music. You just get all kinds of different people at every show. So to me, that's like that's uh, that it's and it worked because uh, I think it's because. Yes, we were playing slam, we were playing brutal death metal, but like it was just this uh you know, this neon eight string guitar that looks very it looks very viral video ish if you don't actually give you know, if you don't pay attention, like you could look at that and you could be like, Okay, yeah, I could see someone try using this to try and like be a cool viral video guy or whatever. You know. And um and, you know, it's just me and him jumping around like any other typical, you know, duo of uh, performers. And something about that, I think, just allows it to, like, cross a threshold of, uh, I don't know, like, like it goes from being this thing where people feel like, oh, yeah, that's five piece with, like, you know, two guitars, bass, and vocals and they're all doing a bunch of complicated crap but if it's just the two of us it's like this is just two guys you know and either mm. they're in, uh either it works or it doesn't that mm. was always the intent you know it was to make mm. it work in as simple as a context as possible did you uh did you have this idea already in the works and then the snyder cut movement almost like rose as the perfect like vehicle for it with each other at all because yeah. i've like my history and i want to talk more about snyder stuff obviously you know this is good for context but like i i do want to talk way more about that stuff okay. <laughs> but, for uh, sure. let's just do to it be, just to be clear let's but, do uh, it yeah 
that being said, um, yeah, that was all very much a natural sort of like call because I had a plan from the start of like we're gonna do this and then this we're gonna do sick as fuck one, sick as fuck two album, and then sick as fuck three is going to be the transition into hey, we're every everybody's fatigued with this gimmick, so let's move on to a new one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I just you know, yeah. I know, I know things, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, that being the case, for me, it was like, yeah, I just, you know, the first EP was me just trying to get off my chest, like, I have been waiting forever for someone to just talk about the people talk about all these other movies and death metal. They talk about all these horror movies and it's the same shit. It's Texas Chainsaw and like, you know, it's all that shit. Like it's always the same ones. And it's like, no one talks about rain of fire. No one talks about Jurassic park, even though there's gore in it. Yes. It's PG 13 and that's fine. But like, come on, we're smart. Like, you can make it cooler. Like, this is metal. Like, that's what we do. <laughs> anyway. Um, but my point is just, that's what that was. And then I was, you know, I got that out of my system. So for this one, it was like, well, now I'm just going to do something that I thought I'd never really get a chance to do, which is just champion this very, this thing that I feel like no one wants me to like be proud of and excited about and no one <laughs> wants me to like, you know, because everyone thinks like in order to look smart and mature about things, you have to like, you know, you have to have certain opinions like about movie. Like for some reason with movies, people get really weird and like they act like it's more objective. Some, I don't know. I, it's frustrating, but my point is, um, what was my point? Oh yeah, Skin Trooper. Yeah, I decided to take this as a chance to just like, yeah, I'm gonna say things that you know I uh, feel like <laughs> no one would want me to say. Not because I think there'd be pushback because it's controversial, but at the time, I when I was writing all this stuff, I was thinking people wouldn't want me to say this just because they would think like, this isn't relevant anymore. Come on, get off it. Who cares? This is old news. You know, it's over. It's over. And like, and then, (laughs) and then the Snyder Cut came out and I was like, all right, there's, there's a more than like, there's more than one reason for me to do this now. (laughs) You know, at first it was just for me. Now it's like, okay, now I can try to make this really cool, and like, it's still just me saying something that's mostly, uh, you know, exaggerated, and me spouting off things to try and make myself laugh, but the core of it is very, like, you know, I've been very uh, clear from the beginning, this isn't a joke band, none of this is joke stuff, it's just low stakes, you know? (laughs) It's just, it's approaching death metal at face value. Uh, you know, it's it's not pretending it's not this obnoxious, brutal thing and allowing us all to just enjoy that for what it is without acting like we have to be smarter. You know, we have time for that. That's mm-hmm. Ulcerate. That's uh, Chornabog and, you know, all that shit. It's like, 
But this is... There's also a time to just appreciate the work other people did as a, as, as a guy who just likes badass shit, you know? There's a time for that, too, where we're not pontificating, like, entropy, you know? And we can just appreciate Hollywood in all of the glitz and 4K CGI. Um, <laughs> that all being said, that make that sounds condescending, but that was EP one. And then how that applies to where I'm going from here is just me saying like, well, I just want to say things about any movies I like now. So I just really fucking love these movies. And now I'm talking about them. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like everything about, I have a lot of very pretentious emotional feelings about Snyder's work that I have to like wait until people have, you know, accepted that like, all right, I'm not a completely delusional moron who like <laughs> thinks I'm smart because I, follow someone on Twitter who's done more work, you know, like at that point, and then it's like, yeah, but also I really think there's something interesting here about like, you know, you notice how Cavill's destroyed more than one drone in more than one movie. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's something there. Like, I mean, there's more there than whatever that speech was in Falcon and Captain America mm. or what was it? Winter Soldier. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That one, yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's and uh that's why I like that's why I prefer DC. That's mm. there's a lot of reasons why I prefer DC. But that's a big part of it is just the uh the willingness to you know, even if it's a slide dig to like the slide digs will go places that even Star Trek will go now, like even something as seemingly simple as Black Adam saying, Not your country, not your decision, like you don't hear that in a Marvel movie. <laughs> 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 they expressly don't want you to hear that. Yeah. So yeah. Where where was it that um like for you, where did you jump on what was your Snyder jumping on point? Like um I think I remember um being in college and he had already done three like three hundred was massive. I remember that was huge. Was three hundred three hundred was after um um Oh god Dawn of the Dead. I think it was Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was first. Yeah, and so I remember with 300, it was like, that That was like a cultural shift, you know, people like, and no one, no one shit on that, and so hearing that he was going to start jumping onto the DC universe with Man of Steel, um, I don't know about you, or, you know, how you feel, where you jumped on, but like, where was it with you that like, Snyder clicked for you, and you're like, oh yeah, this is my guy? I see, I didn't really realize, I actually liked him um up until man of steel but i was very familiar with his work and i did love it i just didn't really realize why it stuck out in my mind because there wasn't enough of it yet at that point 
But um, I saw 300 when it came out because of the trailers. I hadn't seen Dawn of the Dead just because I never really cared about horror movies. And I didn't even know that, like, it was a big deal that, like, he took over from someone else. Like, I, I that whole conversation wasn't a part. I was in high school, you know. Um, so when 300 came out, um, I, uh, no, I was still in high school. That's interesting. Anyway, yeah. Um, and I got into it just because I was like, yeah, like I knew the story it was based on. I didn't know the comic it was based on, but I knew the the histor the the story, <laughs> you know. Mm. And so that's why I was, and I was just like, oh, they're making a movie about that thing where the guy said the thing. And then I saw him <laughs> say it in the trailer, and I was like, he said it, he said it. I remember, I read about that. <laughs> yeah. So though, and then I saw it, and I was like, this is exactly what i wanted it to be in every way it like fed every part of my high school brain in every way i wanted so immediate great first impression and i didn't even associate it with zach yet and then i see Watchmen, and i'm like oh wow yeah you know it's 2008 2009 i'm 18 you know so i'm like super pretentious and I'm, so i'm watching watch and thinking like yes i'm incredibly smart for vaguely <laughs> like following this at all like i'm like really like feeding my ego with this movie you know but mostly what's happening is i'm just being blown over by the craftsmanship involved you know it's just working on me to every degree you can imagine I just wasn't really smart enough to grasp what was really happening. I was an idiot and very Christian still. So, like, you know, I thought certain things were being championed that were definitely not because I was pretty dumb. But anyway, um, <laughs> what I will say, though, is uh, and then I didn't really think much about Snyder because after that, it was stuff like Sucker Punch and Guardians of Gahul and that kind of thing. And then Man of Steel comes out, and we go see that movie at Universal City Walk in Orlando on this little tour with Ovid's Withering. We take an afternoon off, and we go see Man of Steel, IMAX 3D, and wow. I'm only hearing cynical things about this shit. And I also, I'm expecting to, because I have already seen Avengers, so I think that, like, yeah, Marvel figured it out or whatever, you know, because I don't. I don't have any standards for this shit at this point. Like comic book movies to me is nothing like the best one in my mind is not going to come from either of these two big uh, studios, you know? So I go into this expecting it to be derivative of dark Knight and just trying to apply it to Superman and being, you know, and I don't expect much out of it. And then I actually sit and watch it and like, at this point, I've seen one or two posts from uh, Brad Fincher of Devourment. He does drums for Devourment. He's made a couple of posts on Facebook about how, like, oh, yeah, the fight scenes are, like, real-life Dragon Ball Z. So I'm like, okay, that seems cool. You know, that's all I'm expecting from this movie. And then I watch it, and I'm like... The first half, I'm like, okay, incredibly... Why didn't anyone think of before of just, like... It's already sci-fi. Just do it sci-fi. Mm. <laughs> so the first 
you yeah, know, the first, 45 the first minutes sequence, I'm yeah. watching, and I'm like, this makes sense already, and I'm already frustrated at the world for not having thought of what the Snyder is showing to me, you know, not realizing that what's happening. And then the rest of the movie goes on, and I'm like, okay, this is, like, weird and non-linear, but, like, I play technical death metal, so I like that, so that's already cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, like, getting it, like... And then as it keeps going, like thing decisions keep happening where I'm realizing like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't going to be as derivative as I thought, you know. And then we get to the end where he snaps Zod's neck and I'm like, all right, that's that that was the moment where I was like, if the buildup was to that moment. And I was expecting, I was like, all right, what are they going to do? It's going to be like, they're going to pull something out of their ass and it's going to be, and we're just, and then they're going to do their Avengers shit. You know, I was expecting them to just like, all right, yeah, get on with it, whatever. They're going to do Superman. I get it. And then he snaps his neck and that, and I remember literally I moved forward in my chair and I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, now I'm here. Now I'm here for this. All right. Got my attention. Yeah, like that was the mo. I remember, like it switched. It was a like I felt. I was like, oh fuck, this is this isn't for my mom and dad who like tried to show me Christopher Reeves, and I was like, yeah, that's cool, that's fine, but I didn't really care about anything until Spider Man came out, you know, because I'm a millennial. Um, but uh, yeah, like that. That's when I realized, like, no, this isn't for all these fucking dweebs who just want to see glory days superman like this is for me because at that point i was like i'm already vibing with how sort of like somber this is and how reflect you know like and how like both of his dads are giving him advice that like is easy to criticize in a lot of ways because it's based off of just very old style thinking that doesn't really work with it's, you know yeah it's very <laughs> relatable <laughs> and yeah that's the thing that's how all the father figures in my life where it's like yeah like i appreciate <laughs> your effort but when it comes to real critical thinking you guys you're not really <laughs> good at it anyway <laughs> but uh yeah like that's very reductive but anyway, my point is that like this was like to me at that point i was like already but like i hadn't really seen him stick the landing yet but that to me was the sticking of the land was when he snaps his neck and i was like okay this is for me now like this is for me because this is fucking superman this is the guy that everyone feels is so sacred and i've seen so many think pieces about how like you're not, you know, Superman should do this and he shouldn't be brooding or whatever. You know, I saw the Patton Oswald bit and everything like, you know, all the crap that everyone sees and hears about this topic, all the derivative stuff. And then that happened. And I was like, OK, we're doing like there's still something there in Hollywood for like there's there's still, like, a person making these, you know? That's what it felt like. (laughs) A human being. Like, something to say. And then, after the fact, I didn't really realize that, because I just sort of went on, because no one had anything to look forward to for, like, what, three years after that? We wouldn't even realize that until three years later. But, yeah, it would take three years for another movie to come out. So, um, yeah, I didn't really think much about it. And then... 
Batman v Superman comes out, and that's when <clears> I realize, like, okay, I've been seemingly against the to- against the current of the you know media chatter, which is against this movie that like I innately want to just rebel against because I've already invested in this. Like, I watch the movie and I'm like, fuck, like. Not only is this the first time I've ever felt like I Superman gets me and I get Superman, this is also the first time I see a version of Batman where it's like, yeah, this isn't some, like, perfect, like, oh, I'm just a tortured vampire guy. Like, which that's actually, I don't mean that as a slight to Pattinson. I mean that as, like, everyone before Batfleck. Like, that's what, that's what I felt like they were, like, this very, like, I'm noble, I'm this... You know, like, it makes me think of vamp, like, interview with a vampire shit, where it's like, I'm just so conflicted with that. Like, he's just like, I'm just a fucked up trauma demon. I'm, I'm bad. He knows he sucks. Like, he mm-hmm. knows that. So that's why he hangs out with floozies. He doesn't have a wife. Of course he doesn't have a wife. <laughs> of course Catwoman is nowhere to be seen. Of course Wonder Woman thinks he's a weird creep. Like, and, and it's even funnier because he's Ben Affleck. He's in the best shape of his life. And it's like, yeah, he's a gym cell. That's real. That's so much more real than like, <laughs> like, no, he's just this miserable, angry dude who's just like, get it done <laughs> you know, i love that and i i like the the ben little things too like when he's at uh lex's party and he gets caught snooping around and he acts like he was just drunk and looking for the for the bathroom just the little it seems like a like just a little ad-lib where he's like i like your shoes yeah and like he's he just because he cares you know he's thinking about it the same way that I think about it, which is like, this is like, this isn't some power fantasy where you're living as like a, a cool, like, this isn't James Bond. This is what it is. It's a weird, creepy, roided up gym cell, 50 something year old rich guy. Like, I, and I, it's, I say this knowing that these people really exist because I see them at the castle in Tampa every once in a while when I go there. <laughs> it's a goth club in Tampa. Um, and it's like walking into uh, the clubs that the fake clubs in the Matrix movies. But um, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like those people are real and he's one of them. And it's like, yeah, if I was a rich nepotism kid, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, killing it and being really cool. And like, I would just be a total fail son who's only good at working out and beating up people <laughs> when I'm just like have the motivation that night. You know, like that's probably how I would turn out too. So I just really love it. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, yeah, I had this rule about guns, but like, people are people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all get old. We change. You cut corners. Whatever. Just get tired of the shit. I yeah, and also I love when Zach was asked about that, and because up until that point, everybody had all these long ass fucking like think pieces about why he's right and why he's wrong, you know, and to try to explain. It. And when he was asked about it, all he said was like, "He's 
this is Batman and like, come on, guys. This is a guy fight like. Be, come on, like yeah. that was the only. And I was like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like, He's like, I'm so fucking far down that beyond that road already. Like, I'm way past that. Yeah. At a certain point, like, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because it never made sense. So it's like, yeah, who fucking cares? And it's like, if if you're that guy who looks like that at that age, doing that with you know that much of an attention to detail still. Of course you're going to use guns at that point. Of course you're going to be so far down the rabbit hole. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, to me, I associate that with just the reality of human inconsistency and our own delusions. And that's what Batman is, right? What, I um, when, when was it, um, when was the moment either in a, a trailer or in the movie itself when you saw him <laughs> as, like, Batman and you were like, fuck, like for me, it was it was uh, I think it was the first teaser where you see him in the suit for the first time, and he's it's actually at the end of the movie, and he's like ducking under like yeah. rebar. That's like I remember that that's yeah. that shot was all over the place, and I obsessed over it too because I was trying to find all the de- you know everyone was mm-hmm. it's fun it's what we do. But uh, yeah, yeah, what was your moment? What was your moment? You're like, oh my god, that's he's fucking Batman. I I'm glad you say that because this is a moment that a lot of the fans bring it up but not enough just people in general you know media movie culture talk about this as just an iconic cinema moment but the shot of uh ben running into the dust cloud like to me that in that first actual trailer um was or was that in the teaser that was the Comic Con trailer. That was the full. Okay. That was the full Comic Con yeah, trailer. Yeah, I used to watch that every night before sleeping. Like I used to sit in my bed and I would watch that. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, now I can go to Spotify. You know, <laughs> like that was a part of a ritual. But uh, yeah, that that was the part where I was like, this is a Batman. Where it's like, all right, yeah, this is someone who's because in my mind, Batman wasn't movie batman i didn't associate real batman with any of the movies because the batman i had the most exposure to growing up was the cartoons the comics and the video games and the movies were always like a fun treat that were like the the reward for to us as the fan base for like you know being batman fans here's a movie celebrating it like at a festival you know we're doing a play you know that's how i viewed it as a kid (laughs) um you know, because none of the movies really captured, like, the beyond human aspect of Batman that I always read about, you know, and saw in the cartoons and in the comics, and especially in the games, because in the games, like, the Arkham games, there's games before that I played, but I never really beat any of them because they weren't that good. I'm sure you know the ones on, like, I was playing them on GameCube and Xbox, but... They're also really fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, and I was young and doing my best but whatever anyway um <laughs> yeah but uh arkham you know arkham i actually had the i took the time to sit and like read about him and i was like okay yeah this guy does things that are technically possible for humans to do it's just all the stuff that in order to do you need to like you know you need to like focus on it for like five years straight or whatever but he did that because he can 
So it's like, fine, yeah, if someone's going to do that, Batman, like if we're going to have a character with all the traits where you have to work at him for five years at a time, like, fine, fucking stack him on Batman, that makes sense. And that was what I always understood Batman as. Like, he does the most that a human can reasonably do with enough room just to make it more interesting to watch, you know? That's what I always saw. That's what I was fine with. And I never really felt like the movies captured that. But I was okay with that because they were well made. Then I see then I see the shot of him running into that. And I was like, okay, that is something that just you're not supposed to do as a human being. Like all of the fire department will say, hey, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Their yeah. job is to do stuff like that. Anyway, so, and that to me is like, that's a perfect example. And that's such like... And something about the handling of that, because it was just a very, uh, it, the way it was handled was very natural, you know? It was like, yeah, he just instinctively, it's like, he runs into it. He's just like, no, he does, that's just, and I'm like, that's that's the one I know. That's him. That's him. Everyone, like, I love Christian Bale. I love Clooney. I love all the, I love watching these actors act in movies, you know? Cool. But that right there, that's fucking like that's the shit that I expect from a guy who wants to be known as this person that is Batman, you know, who wants to have this uh, presence that he has. Like, yes, that's the mm. demonstration and the proof in the pudding I expect is shit like that. And then the rest of the movie just sort of compounded upon that in a lot of subtle ways that I appreciate that I feel like other people didn't because. People mm. say they want show don't tell, but I don't think they mean it. Mm. What um, what would you say is the scene aside from trailers that you go back to YouTube and watch over and over again? And uh, is I'm pretentious scene. enough. <laughs> Actually, you that was that for a while. It was until until a couple other movies came out. But uh, uh, yeah, warehouse scene was a big one. There's because a lot of them, it's not just what's happening in terms of content. It's how it all comes together in editing and the, the score. The Not just the score itself, but also the sound editing, the mixing. The way the music and the dialogue is mixed can have an emotional effect. One being louder than the other can have an emotional effect. And... That's something that a lot of movies, a lot of people uh, making, doing audio work in general, you know, they want to avoid really intense sounding stuff that's super loud. One thing blaring over another because they think that has an inherent, um, you know, like, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Like a childishness to it, you know. Um, but, uh no, like you watch stuff like that, you know, Snyder is a part of, that Nolan is a part of, and then more experimental directors who are given more leeway with that. But, um, and like things as seemingly as much of an afterthought as just like dialogue mixing have a huge effect, and that was a big part of, uh, That was a big problem. That's not what I want to say. Sorry about that. I'm trailing. What I'm getting at 
scenes. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's all good, man. It is the end of the day, more so yeah. than here. But anyway, um, yeah, scenes I go back to is uh, I I know I know it's it's like a it's like a fast people people look at it as a fast food scene, but the the dark the doomsday fight. The actual choreography involved, it's just so pleasing to watch, like, all the stuff that Wonder Woman does, all of the, the way, the sequencing of, like, the decisions Batman makes and everything, it's just, it all flows really well, and then it gets to where it goes, and I think the more times I watch it, the more I appreciate just, like, you know, because a lot of people talk shit on the doomsday fight because they view it as just nothing but cgi but i think there's a lot of good you know representation of like the uh, how each character is in that context you know when there's only three of them like and that's something when you have a guy like zach handling it who's thinking about these characters not just feeling some sort of uh four quadrant role of like okay we need to have someone do something that does this to get we need to have like a funny action beat so we can you know have that hit moment hit we need to have a beat where like this character does this and we you know make a reference to this thing or whatever like there's none of that going on it's just like this is these characters in this situation this is what would happen and I really appreciate it, especially because it's so fucking complicated and complex in terms of CGI and everything. I think that makes it cooler because it's more of a challenge for all the people who worked on it. You know? And I play technical death metal, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, was there, was there any part of you that worried about, like, um, I guess what, would eventually because ha- it's crazy right like it's crazy to see that like we got that and then to to say that okay well that's not happening anymore snyder cuts over it never existed never <laughs> happened and then like and then it goes from never existing to like being a four-hour fucking cut now of something mm-hmm. that you never thought like people like were championing it but realistically like did could this have ever happened it's insane I to g- see that i now. gave up a while ago and then <laughs> because i I didn't think it was legit. I wasn't even believe this is actually the story itself. The Snyder Cut story is what made me trust uh, the general news, the va- you know, the vague news of Grace Randolph more than most other services. And I generally love Grace Randolph as just a personality. I think she's very charismatic and fun to watch, even if I deeply disagree on many things that but that's the thing everyone disagrees with me on those things so it doesn't matter um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah you know but uh that being said is like that's sort of when i realized like okay there's more to this than just like people like this isn't just about fans like like this isn't like people who hate the last jedi I personally love The Last Jedi, but also I don't care about the conversation because it happened, it's over, Ryan Johnson moved on, and so did I. 
like i moved on from all the star wars discourse i'm just here to talk about dumb little things that happen on mandalorian now that's fine i don't mm-hmm. care anyway we're not talking about that my point is uh with snyder stuff like that's when i realized yeah this isn't about like trying to like um do something that's like in regards to like uh preserving the sanctity of something or another this is different this is about like excuse me this is about humans this is about a human making art that resonates with other human beings and then that being stifled because of corporate anti-human reasons and human beings just wanting just wanting to to get more of stuff like like that's that's what i feel like you know it's not like oh we need to like right some wrong or whatever it's like no i just i just want stuff that i can actually like relate to that i can actually chew on philosophically you know and like that's what snyder brought so that's why i was like okay yes this is for me you know this is a movement that i actually have something to stake in because it's you know it's 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 not about one particular idea it's about just like no this guy he's like he's just a cool guy and he's just saying he's just doing stuff that other people won't do (laughs) and he's doing it with superman and that's awesome like no one's doing it with superman they do it with the boys that's fine whatever that's cool do that that's okay you know, but like, I love the idea of taking these high stakes, high priority or mythologies and like saying you don't only have to do the same thing every time. You like, we can evolve things. We can, we can evolve. You know, that's a big part of the Snyder thing that I love is that everything he does, it's like, it, it's, it's about an arc. You know, it's about a character going from one place to the next. It's yeah, not about I coming think to that, the conclusion. Yeah, too many people didn't have the patience to see that. Like uh, Man of Steel specifically, people hated the the him snapping his neck thing. Like, oh, Superman went out. Okay, fair. You want to see the Christopher Reeve Superman? You know, the the hopeful, mm-hmm. inspirational guy. But you're watching that Superman as someone who had been doing it for years and had become who he was going to become. And Man of Steel was before all of that. You know, he was finding out who and what he was and deciding what kind of man he was going to become. Yeah. And, and that, that that was like a big moment that was going to shape mm-hmm. him. Like you saw you saw him take a life and how that made him feel, how much he hated it and you knew he was never going to do it again. Well, that and you, uh, you could see that it was more than just him dealing with his own, like, oh, this is some sort of blight on my soul. This is some sort of sin I'm committing. Like, it's more so that, like, this is the world I'm forced to live in, you know? And he just, he's fighting against that the whole movie, I think. And even into BV, and I, that's another thing I love so much about this version of the character is that he's not totally fixed at the, like, it's like a real, real relatable 
version of human life where it's like, yes, I have a revelation, but then sometimes I end up getting caught back up into my old toxic thoughts where I'm doubting this, that, or the other thing. And you see that, you know, and he has to be reminded. That's why he has Lois. And then he reminds, has to also learn, oh, it's not just her. It's the whole world. This is my world. Like, it's a humanist thing. It's a very communal pro uh it's an empathetic thing you know <laughs> it's not like i'm true to the tradition and i made sure that humanity dominates over all of the universe especially the usa um like you know like <laughs> and i i think that's I, in my mind that should be like that should like stimulate people and be exciting but i don't know that's part of why i started employing it into skin strippers because i realized well if i have a platform to just say things that are whatever i want might as well do something that i've been wanting to say for a while and that's this that hey these movies this stuff is just good on its own it's not like ironically good it's not good in spite of anything it's just well made you know it's good and you can connect to it as a human and you don't have to like compromise any part of you you know just because a bunch of people are mad it doesn't fit canon that you vaguely remember yeah i i like what you said about um you know it kind of feeds back into how you enjoyed like when when you when you saw man of steel it reminded you wow there's still a person making these. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not a this gigantic entity of a corporation. Like it's a dude with ideas, and they're getting through somehow. And they're somehow he got the studio to approve his ideas and put it on screen. And that's that's kind of what it was all through those films for him. Is like it's almost as if he's like, what would I want to see? This is what I would want to see. And he wasn't thinking so much about like bringing this universe all encompassing and, and inter intertwined and origin stories and all that. He's like, no, if I had one shot, this is what I would put on there. And that's what he had on there. I love that. Yeah. That's, that is how all of everyone's favorite authors approach the comics in terms of their runs, you know, if like Neil Gaiman does a run with something, you know, it has a beginning, a middle and an end. And then, you know, they go back to regular canon or whatever. And, I realized that in the interviews leading up to Justice League before all the, you know, things happened that everyone's talked a lot about and no one else has to talk anymore about unless they want to just enjoy talking shit, which I do. But anyway, um, my point is, I uh, remember him specifically saying that, like, yeah, I'm approaching this in terms of, like, this is going to be my run and it's going to go to... Um, I'm going to have a three Justice League arc, three tentpole Justice League movie arc, and people are going to do whatever in between then, and that's my run. That's, you know, my take on DC. And I was like, yes, that's totally appropriate with the tradition of this, of these characters and the storytelling that everyone has done with them. That's the Arkham games. That's many comic book runs that's many cartoons that have existed you know um 
that's the Dark Knight trilogy. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like, that's petty, but also it's a good example because that's, and I thought that was like, yeah, but there's all of the chatter was people wanting like mainline thing to be mainline canon. And it's like, that's why, like, that whole era of pop culture journalism to be very broad like made me hate the concept of canon in general and that's why i ended up giving up on like uh having any investment on any like star wars extended universe stuff returning because i realized like yeah this whole conversation is too exhausting because i was so happy with what zach was doing and everyone's arguments against it was like well this contradicts canon and I'm using that as a big trump card. And it's like, but, but he, but like, I'm a person and like, I, I know canon and that's fine, but, and it makes more sense or quote unquote whatever. But like, but what he's doing is like, like, there's stuff here to talk about after the movie's over, you know, with the people you saw the movie with. Mm. I don't feel that way. I, I remember the different, like, that was one of the specific differences I felt between going to see Captain America Civil War and Batman v Superman. Even though I had my nitpicks with the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman, I have the same opinions everyone else has, so we don't even need to go into that. But, point is, like, I remember after I walked out of BVS, I was like, there's like 20 things I want to talk about right now. And none of them are this movie, they're all things that this movie reminded me of (laughs) and then i walk out of civil war and i was like oh yeah you know it was pretty interesting that they teased this character i guess they're probably gonna lead up to this thing like after civil war it was nothing i had nothing to talk about except vague little plot points and that's that's why like i i or you know in contrast to uh Zach's work, which is just very, it can contradict canon in very obvious ways, but like there's a point to it, you know. It's not to throw you off or because they have less of a budget, it's because, well, okay, we've already seen this version many times and it's been done very well, so let's challenge it and challenge it in a way that will have an effect. Like, okay, Batman crosses the line. Well, it has to mean something. He can't just be burning people on the shoulder. Like, the CIA, like, you know, like, but if he's, like, got tanks, then, yeah, maybe, (laughs) you know, then maybe there's a conversation to have. Like, because if he's just torturing people, the cops do that anyway, you know. (laughs) But, like... Like, everyone in the government does that anyway, but, like, if he's, you know, gunning down people willy-nilly, then, like, yeah, there's the conversation. Anyway, yeah, that's... What was the point we were getting at? I don't know. <laughs> My point is just that that all goes towards why I appreciate Zach even in the face of, like, well, we need some mainline canon that's, like, dependable or whatever. Because I saw that argument, and I understand it, but it's like, we've had that a bunch of times. Yeah. 
It's it's not it's 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 no it wasn't in the flavor of what he was going for. He was going for a, you know, if I like yeah like if I had an ability to take these characters to the extreme, what would they look like in that setting? Um, in your in your mind, when you fantasize about, like, let's pretend um, there's an opportunity, however big or however small, for him to wrap up his universe. You know, like. Like you know, it could be as small as like a graphic novel I wrapping. I thought it up. about this, so I do have an yeah. answer. But continue. so it could it could be as small as like okay, he's they're just gonna finish it in a story as a graphic novel, like two or three part one, or no, they're gonna do a fucking Netflix series, or they're gonna do another two films. Like, what have you fantasized it would look like? Okay, um, I mean, I'm a maximalist, so I want I want to see it IMAX, you know, four hour version of each version of what he intended. Three final movies and in my mind it has the same general uh, approach and um, presentation as Dune. You know, that level of grandeur. uh, The current Dune movies we have going on. You know, just that scope. You know, it's Somewhat minimalistic, but it's only minimalistic in that it implies much bigger scale things that you'll see in full. You know, you know what I mean. And that's because that's what I think this whole thing is meant to be. It's not meant to be, hey, here's endless fan service. This is meant to be here. Yes, you're finally seeing all these characters. But you're also probably going to see them again. So here is one very particular version of them that works in consistency with the rest of everything. That's all I want. I want it to be... I like the dark and gritty and grim dark. I don't... I'm not opposed to, you know, levity and humor. Like, I think Justice League was generally the good the good mix of that, you know. Um, the Snyder Cut was a good balance of pacing. Like, I would want to see that pacing... For the rest of it, because in my mind, I see these movies as an equivalent to like Ben Hur or something like that, you know, Lord of the Rings, like a big epic. Yes, but but particularly, and this is important, an epic with long, quiet moments of character work. That was why I love Justice League. Ray Fisher. That's why I love everything else. Not just Fisher, everyone. You know, even just scenes where characters are just living their lives alone. Like, just watching Diana maneuver through the world and seeing how she handles going by herself when no one's watching her. Like, that's stuff that, like, you don't need to see, but, like, it does inform you about things, you know, that pay off later. You know, yeah, and... it's, it's the kind of stuff that gets uh, mm-hmm. taken out of adaptations of things in the interest of keeping just the story. Like if you adapt, uh, you know, a, a novel, or uh, it happens with video games. Uh, a lot of the character development stuff, the the time where you grow a relationship with the characters, where you grow a, an attachment to the characters are things that uh, end up getting cut out of movies in the interest of, oh, well, we, we got to think about the pacing and about keep keeping the story going, but you're, you're, you're losing things. Mm. 
Yeah. Like, well, we got to make sure we keep it under a certain runtime so that people will go back and watch it again and we'll sell enough tickets for it. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's very prevalent. I mean, obviously, the specific example is Justice League, but that's not, you know, it's not like that's the only time it happened and it's not like it's ever stopped or seeming to stop. Um, we still see those decisions happening constantly. Anyway, which is why I value it so much when, like, yeah, maybe we don't necessarily need a scene where a woman sings to Aquaman and everyone harshes that scene. But every time that scene comes on, I watch it and I'm like, no, this scene is here to remind me that I'm not here. I'm not here for fucking uh, Walter Hamada. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I only say his name because it comes to mind. I know he's not the only person to blame. But, uh, like, I'm not here to, like, fill his stat, you know, his quota. Like, I'm here because, like, this guy, you know, he thought this lady was a good singer. So he's like, yeah, you could be in the movie. And it's like, yeah, humans do that. You do that sometimes, you know? You just put someone who's who you get along with who's a good singer in your movie. Like, because yeah. you just want to be nice. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Whatever. That's, that's like, <laughs> no, yeah, a perfect example of that is how he cast um, Carol Ferris. Um, we had her on. Uh, Christina Wren, the actress who played um, Carol Ferris in both uh, Man of Steel and BVS, he saw, her, he saw her on a hummus commercial. Yeah. And he was like, I love that girl in that commercial. I'm going to put her in the movie. And then he made her fucking Carol Ferris for two movies, and and there's there's scenes in, in especially Man of Steel where like she goes, I just think he's kind of hot. Like yeah, that's in video essays that come out like now that people or people are talking about like this is the tone of it's like people will show that clip. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you know that comes from just being like from that comes from a person being a person, and I would rather support that guy. Than you know, some cynical person who's trying to like do everything to make sure I make got to make sure that Secret Wars hit checks all the boxes. You know, it's like it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> like, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'd rather you show me Wolverine and you have him do a classic moment like him saying "Go fuck yourself" in X. In a days of future past, days of future past, or whatever, yeah, and then you know, like that, and compared to like perfect, you know, comic accurate yellow suit, like it's okay. I love Hugh Jackman so much that I never was bothered that he didn't wear the yellow suit. I never thought about it because that was so good on its own, and like that's okay. Or that he's like six six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like you forget yeah. about that. Like, that's an iconic part of the jokes about him and everything else. And, like, it's nowhere to be seen in the movies. And it's okay. It's okay. Um, dude, this, um, this, the whole project you're working on is super fun. Um, we're going to, we're going to put a button in it right there. But what, what can we expect as far as, dude, like, um, the fact that you, like, did that little West Coast tour, are you planning more live stuff with the band? Are you planning on, um, like what? What is the what is like the immediate plan um, after this EP? The EP's first, obviously. Like what's what's that going to be? Uh, what's going to be going on after that? 
Correct. Yes. The EP is uh, coming out on March 18th, which is, of course, at a very important date for everyone who already knows. But if I need to spell it out for, you know, any of the lay people, the laity out there, uh, that is the anniversary of the Snyder Cut. It is a, a valuable a day of pilgrimage for all of us. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching it on my 4K DVD that, uh, yeah, as much as I want to support HBO Max in a past life, in this current life, I don't give a shit. So I'm watching it premium and everyone else shit. And that's when REP comes out. It's called Sick as Fuck 2, colon, badass. Actually, there's no colon. Um, but yeah, it's sick as fuck too. Badass. It's going to be on Bandcamp, Spotify, everywhere. And uh, after that, we are planning on doing as many live appearances as possible. What is most likely is we are going to be getting back over to the West Coast. Uh, I have music videos to film. There's a John Wick themed video I want to do. And the song, I'll spoil it here because I've spoiled it elsewhere, but the lineup of films that the songs are based on is uh, Snyder Cut, Batman v Superman, John Wick, Dog Soldiers, and there is a Dumb and Dumber Easter egg, but you'll know (laughs) what I mean when you hear it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Well, when you come over to the West Coast, yeah, for sure, I got to like... I got to come out and and see you guys for sure. I, I'm bummed out I missed the last time, but um, but yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on. This, this has been fun Thank as you shit. Very much uh, for having me, dude. You know, of course. Um, there's there's not much. There's only a couple of us who fly the flag for the Snyder Cut amongst the group, so it's always nice to kind of uh, have the freedom to do that as much as we can. And uh, yeah, everybody, go check out Skin Stripper. Uh, sick as fuck too. Badass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be streaming, and then we're gonna put up, we're gonna put up the music video, the lyric video, um, and then obviously you guys can stream and listen to this and follow you guys. What's your Instagram handles? Instagram is, I'm looking at my phone right now. Skin Stripper Slam. Is it okay? Yeah, Skin Stripper Slam, uh, and then Twitter is Skin Stripper DM. Um. Facebook is uh, just Skin Stripper Slam, I believe. Unless it's no wait, is it hot lug- luxury? Fucking hang on. <laughs> this is John <laughs> is the one who came up with the whole joke of like high thread count luxury death. Like I don't know where that's funny, that, but I just love it so much. I've never thought of anything to say about it. Okay, uh, Facebook is oh, goddamn. Okay, there's a. I have a link tree. We're oh, on Bandcamp. We're on we're on Bandcamp. We're on YouTube. Skin Stripper. Look it up. Google it. Skin yeah. Stripper. Sick as fuck. Skin Stripper. Sick as fuck. Skin Stripper. Sick <laughs> as fuck. Three times. Should be good. Manifest. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Shiv with Skin Stripper. Check out the video. Stream it. Share it to your friends. That's the the plan. Hopefully, you, they you see all these. Uh, Toxic Snyder bros dispersing it all over into the ethosphere, and they yeah, they dude. consume it. Yeah, because I I say a lot of mean things about the people they hate, so I'm hoping it's just like rolls over well. <laughs> and they ignore the fact that like I'm a total like like a weirdo who's like 
probably against all the things they like. Like, I think all human beings should, we all should have, like, customizable robot bodies. I don't believe in any genders at all. I think humanity itself is obsolete, and we gotta get better quick. We gotta upgrade quick, because we're fucking losing against the volcanoes. The volcanoes are beating us. Yep. uh... (laughs) All right, well, thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank you very um, much. Absolutely, man. It was a blast. So it was it was it was a good time having you on. Everybody, go check out the video. Go check out the new EP, and we'll see you out there. Thank you again, Hail Snyder.